Hallelujah. We trust you as the Lord, our strength. We trust you as the Lord, our healer. We trust you as the Lord, our protection. And we just ask you to give us wisdom, Lord, tremendous doses of wisdom right now as we seek to move forward. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Yeah, good. So glad, everybody, that's uh, healthy enough to, uh, to be here today. Thank you, uh, Brother Dick. Uh, this will probably be the way our worship is going to be in our uh, chapels that we have um, coming ahead. Uh, we'll be having like maybe one person lead so we don't have to have everybody come together. Um, we're facing an unprecedented time, aren't we? You may not realize it, but I'm telling you there is nothing like, not, you know, in the last 96 years that Elam has existed, there is nothing like what is happening right now during the course of that time. And so as leaders, we're navigating this situation, we are constantly praying for wisdom. What's the wisdom that you need to have? Well, you know, you have uh, basically scientific fact in the situation, and you have judgment in the situation, and then you have spiritual truth in the situation. You with me? And so we have to we have to look at this thing and saying, okay, how do we navigate this honoring scientific fact, but also recognizing, as came out in a prophecy Dr. John gave us last week, basically that we're meant to embrace what is going on in our society, not in the same way our society does, right? We're meant to embrace it in a way that is consistent with who we are spiritually and what's happening in our lives spiritually. So, so um, this is the wisdom, right? Whereas we're looking at everything. You know, it's not good enough for us to say, well, so-and-so did this or so-and-so did that. What is Jesus saying today that we should be doing in this situation that is honoring with fact and, and science and these kind of things, but at the same time recognizes that our angle on things might be a bit different? Let me give you just a couple of principles very quickly. We're going to be hearing some, some much more significant things than this in a few moments. But uh, I just want to give you a couple of just principles to, to have. First of all, if we're going to live together, the issue of social distancing. What does social distancing mean? You know, at Elam, we've had a rule for a long time between guys and girls, right? It was social distancing, right? We, we, we used to call it the six-inch rule, you know. When I, when I first came to school... Uh, they used to tell me, they would say, when you start talking to a girl, you lift your leg up like this. And when you can't hold it up anymore, when it goes back down the ground, you'd be walking away, right? That was the, that was the, that was the way we were taught, okay? So, um, so, but what is social dis distancing? Okay, listen, no hugs, no handshakes, no physical contact, the idea of sitting at least a minimum of six feet apart. Right, so from now on, when we come into chapel, that's what I'm expecting to see happen. You're going you're gonna to spread out, right? You're going to spread out. And, uh, and, and just separate. Just separate in, in, that, in that way. Now, you may think that's unnecessary. We don't care. Okay? We're asking you to do Just like we didn't care about the six-inch rule, right? What you thought was right or wrong, right? We're just asking you to do that kind of thing. If you are sick with a cold with the flu, with COVID-19, with botulism, well, you know, if, if you are sick with anything, if you are sick, right, 
We expect you to self-quarantine. So what does that mean? You're thinking about other people. You know, one of the big things that's driving this whole, you, you, you might look and say, well, why are, they, um, why are they going so berserk in the culture, canceling, you know, all these things and doing all these kinds of stuff? One of the big things that's driving this is not simply people getting, uh, getting the sickness and what sickness they may get and what happened. What's driving it is if this thing ramps up fast, our whole system for treating people breaks down. And all at once the hospitals are having to look and go, uh, we got this old person who's uh, 70, or, 70 or 80 years old here, and we got this person who's 45 and they're both sick. Who are we going to take care of? Because we can only take care of one of them. See, so the reason we're slowing it down is not because we're thinking we're going to stop this from happening or it's going to stop from going in all situations. But the reason they're slowing it down is because they're saying, look, we cannot handle a big surge of this kind of stuff. So we have got to, we have got to practice some disciplines in the midst of our situation. Take responsibility for yourself. If you feel something is unsafe, don't do it. If you feel it would be wrong to come to a church, don't come. If you feel it would be wrong to do this or do that, don't do it. Take responsibility for yourself, and you are in a no-judgment zone, right? You're, every one of us here has our own circumstances, our own situations, our own balancing issues that we're having to deal with with family and other people around us and people who are sick or, you know, that are near us. Or, all of us have our own situation. Nobody is going to judge you for the decisions that you make in this place, right? Nobody is going to judge you. We just, want, we just want you to hear God, do what you think is best, and we will stand with you, um, you know, within the confines, of course, if we're trying to get, uh, get you through school and these kinds of things. And then, of course, build yourself up spiritually. This is why we want to have these chapels and different kinds of events like this is because we want to be built up spiritually in the midst of the storm that we're in. Now, today, Denuda who is leading us in our response during this crisis, will be sharing with us some of the changes we are immediately implementing. implementing. The norms and rules are changing, right? I'm a, you know, when I see people, I see a friend, I hug them, I kiss them, I, I kiss them on the neck. You've probably never been kissed on the neck. Maybe I'll kiss people on the neck. I'll do, I'm not doing anything now, right? I'm not, it's like back off. Today, Denuda, who's leading us in our response during this crisis, will be sharing with us some of the changes we are immediately implementing. The norms and rules are changing. If you are going to stay on campus, you must implement these new standards for the safety of all. Denuda is doing a tremendous time, a, a tremendous thing, researching, working, putting all kinds of things together. Can you give her a big hand as she comes and shares with us right here? Come on, Denuda. Thank you, guys and girls. <laughs> All right, so what's our situation? On Thursday, Livingston, Monroe, Ontario, Genesee, and Wyoming counties were all considered low risk. I send you an email, and we put certain things in place. On Saturday, all these counties declared a state of emergency. Several of you called me and said, does that mean we cannot go to Monroe County anymore? My response was, well, we are in trouble. I live here. 
and so does a lot of other staff members. So, yesterday, I created a quick little jot form, and in the evening, I sent it out asking for your feedback. I am completely amazed. I have never seen you respond that quickly in seven years. <laughs> By 9.30 p.m., I had 76 of you responding. The overwhelming part of you feel that staying on campus is the better and safer choice for you. By this morning, 61 of you feel that way. However, 18 students feel it would be safer for them to leave the campus. How does it affect us? In situations like this, pressure often brings either the best in us or the worst in us. What is happening around you? Just in Monroe County, just what I know about in Henrietta, there were three fights on Saturday in different stores. Many people don't consider others. They only think about themselves. Human selfishness seems to blossom. Right here on this campus, we also have some strong feelings, strong convictions, and some of them on the totally opposite side of the spectrum. As Christians, I would like us to pause and to think about how should we react. Romans 12.10 says, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor, giving preference to one another. We must continue to prefer one another. We must be considerate of each other. Titus 3.2 says to be peaceable and considerate and always be gentle toward everyone. We must respect one another. 1 Peter 2.17 says show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honor the emperor. We must be willing to help one another and pray for one another. Acts 20.35 says, In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Jesus helped all who came to him. He didn't turn away from the lepers. And that was much more contagious than coronavirus. What is the Lord telling us through all of this? When I was 13, I kind of feel like I'm having a deja vu. When I was 13 years old, I experienced that. I experienced unrest. I experienced fear. I experienced the empty shelves. I experienced people rioting and going crazy over soup and any kind of canned goods. And you know what? I experienced the no toilet paper. Funny enough, things come and go. And I survived. And I did not call 911, as some are doing, I read this morning. 
there was actually a, a request, please do not call 911 if you do not have toilet paper. <laughs> so yet in the midst of it all, I am here to witness that he was faithful. He never left us. He was with us. He ministered peace. He protected us. That doesn't mean we had everything we wanted. We were lacking a lot of things, including toilet paper. Yet we never went hungry. We had what was essential. And guess what? Our faith grew stronger. Faith grows in opposition and in hard times. Funny enough that when you exercise, it's not right there that the muscle grows. It says, and I looked it up, it says the rapid growth period begins around the one-hour mark post-workout and lasts up to five hours after the workout. Those are our natural muscles. It is very similar with your faith. Faith grows in opposition and in hard times. It is time, I say, to seek the Lord. Strangely enough, two weeks ago, I was speaking in President's Chapel, and that is exactly the word that the Lord gave me. It is time to seek the Lord. And I would like to repeat that to you today. It is time to seek the Lord. It is time to trust him more. Psalm 27 says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord. Have confidence in him and not in ourselves and not in our achievements. Genesis 11.4 says, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves. Does that remind you of anything? This was the Tower of Babel, and we know how it ended. But how about today? You know, I do believe personally that President Trump is a blessing to this country. I have been intensely praying for him and, uh, and his administration. But how many times have you heard, we are the best, we can do all things, the economy is booming, nothing can stop us. Really? <laughs> a small, invisible virus within a matter of few weeks have turned everything upside down. Really? Nothing can stop us? God must be smiling <laughs> when he hears statements like that. People are turning against each other. Products are disappearing just yesterday. I really don't even know why. Um, the bread disappeared from the stores. My parents-in-law asked uh, my husband, Tim, uh, to stop by at a gas station and pick up a loaf of bread. And he did, and there was no bread. So he went to six different stores before he actually found a white loaf of bread. I'm like, huh? Okay. How do we respond Today, I would like to have us examine our hearts. 
Who do you trust? What do you trust? How committed are you today? Is God first in your life? Or do you get the leftover? When you get home, when you do a thousand different things and you come home and you're exhausted and just before you go to bed you say, oh Lord Jesus, thank you, I'm so tired. I thank you for loving me because I know you understand me. Goodbye and amen. Okay. Or are you willing to trust him, put him first and seek him no matter what the circumstances are like? Even when you have to say, Lord, it doesn't make sense. However, I will still trust you. How would you react if someone close to you or maybe you get infected? How would I react if someone close to me or even me? Well, if I would die, I would see Jesus. But if somebody close to me dies, how would I react? He will not change and he is still on the throne and guess what the virus did not surprise him just a short testimony with him not being surprised I have traveled for 34 years right now and especially in the recent years I travel at least three to five times a year domestically and internationally I have been to at least 17 different countries and even when Tim goes alone, I always buy the tickets for him as well. In 34 years, I have never bought any travel protection. And I have never canceled any flights. Now, in December 2019, right after Christmas, we usually buy international flights six months in advance because we get the best price. And right after Christmas, I was getting tickets for Poland. We were supposed to go at the end of April this year. So as I was buying the tickets, $2,200 for the two of us, we were supposed to minister at two different conferences, I had this strong nudge in my heart that I should buy a travel protection. I clicked on it, and I clicked it off. I'm like, I'm not paying 160 bucks for that. And again, I had this pull in my heart buy travel protection. I went back and I bought it. Guess what? We are canceling the trip and we are getting reimbursed $2,040,000. God knew about it back in December. I had no idea. Every logical instinct in me said, don't waste your money. I have done it many, many times, literally hundreds. This time was different and God knew it. God is not surprised by it. He is on the throne. He is in control, even when the world seems out of control. But the question I have for you is, is he on the throne of your life? Is he the Lord of your life? Is everything in your life surrounded to him? Are you willing to serve him in the midst of adversities? What about if he doesn't answer your prayers the way you expect him to answer? Are you still going to trust him? 
Will you seek him with all of your heart? Proverbs 3, 5 to 7 says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. I have searched and sought God earnestly. Last night, the whole day, I'm sure many people did the same. I've asked many people for prayer. I talked with Pastor Mike. And we, I am going to share in a minute our decision and our protocol. But before I do, I would like to repeat Martin Luther's words when dealing with the bubonic plague, which had 50% of mortality rates. When asked, what should we do? He said, therefore, I shall ask God mercifully to protect us. Then I shall fumigate, help purify the air, administer medicine, and take it. I shall avoid places and persons where my presence is not needed in order not to be contaminated and thus perchance infect and pollute others and so cause their death as a result of my negligence. If God should wish to take me, he will surely find me, and I have done what he has expected of me, and so I am not responsible for either my own death or the death of others. If my neighbor needs me, however, I shall not avoid place or person, but will go freely, as stated as above. See, this is such a God-fearing faith because it is neither brash or foolhardy and does not tempt God. I believe that in our approach, we are doing exactly that. I know that there are quite many of you, at least from what I have seen, at least 12, if not 15, who have absolutely no place to go. I believe that some of you, if you would have left the campus, it would be more dangerous for you, and so do you. You have expressed it in your comments to me yesterday. And therefore, in trying to be wise, diligent, and not negligent, we are going to make changes. We are going to strictly enforce them. But we also are not going to close the campus. <laughs> However, as of Monday next week, we are moving all classes to virtual rooms till the end of the semester. This will give everyone the option of going home if you feel this is a safer thing for you to do. The 18 of you 
by all means, we are going to enable you or more if you change your mind. At any time, we are going to enable you to complete the semester successfully online. And because of that, I am moving all classes online as of March 23rd. When I say online, I do not mean the standard online. I mean you will have classes at the same time they are scheduled. You will have to log in to a virtual room at the same time you are scheduled to have your class. Your attendance will be kept tracked of. And I would like you to make sure this week you have your laptop in place, your Wi-Fi works, you also will be able to use smartphones, all of that works very well. We will be running tests, you will be connecting and going to a Zoom virtual classroom and have earphones. So if there are two or three or four of you in a room and you choose to stay on campus, you don't distract each other. But those of you who would rather be with your parents, who feel you are safer or whose immune system is compromised, I agree with you. It would be wiser for you to go home. Feel free to do that. As of Monday next week, you will be responsible for joining us in a Zoom room. Number two, give students that option, as I said. All students will be participating in Zoom classes. Those of you who choose to stay on campus, you will be able to do it from your rooms. You can come to the classroom. You can go to the library. Many of you felt that you would not do well being at home and doing it by yourself. Some of you felt you don't have the conditions to study. Some of you felt you need the peers' help. Some of you felt you could not do your research paper without having the library and doing it online as that would be more cumbersome. So because of that, we are giving you the option. You can use the library, you will be able to, do, to study in small groups, help motivate each other, have chapels together. We are going to cancel all non-essential gatherings. I believe personally that having chapel and praying together is essential. And because of that, we are not going to cancel chapels. This week will be different. We will continue what we are doing until Wednesday. As of Wednesday, those of you who would like to go home and do the rest of the semester in our virtual classrooms. I would like you to pack your staff because it's going to be till the end of the semester and you may go home. Those of you who are going to choose to stay, we are going to suspend all classes on Thursday and Friday. So those of you who are traveling home, you will have time to pack, go, get established, and start your classes on Monday. Those of you who are staying here, we are going to do several things together. For students who choose to stay on campus, number one, 
you will be asked to submit a simple, simple liability waiver stating that you understand the risks of staying on campus, the ease of spreading a virus if anyone got it, and still you are choosing to do so. And you consider it to be a better and safer option for you. You will have to abide by all traveling restrictions. I will actually make you responsible for each other. Nobody is breaking it. And as much as possible, we are staying put and definitely not traveling outside of the five counties. No visitors on campus, even today. We asked the uh, ministries and people from the EBIC-related ministries not to come. We are trying to be wise and to limit making the group bigger and to limit any exposure whatsoever. So therefore, no visitors on campus, just staff, faculty, and students. We are going to use the Thursday and Friday. If we can do it just on Thursday, then Friday will be a day of rest. But on Thursday, we are going to do a very thorough cleaning. Disinfect everything. I will be asking all of us, staff, faculty, and students, to disinfect every single ounce of our campus and make sure everything is clean and make sure that we do what we can and are not negligent. Be rigorous about washing your hands and staying in your room. As Pastor Mike said, self-quarantining yourself if you feel you are fighting anything. Please make sure that we know about it and we will also try to help the RAs not to be overburdened. They are not the only ones that need to bring you meals. Somebody else can do it as well. We are going to cancel. We already have the all Elam part with chapels and we are going to have our own chapels only with the students who stay on campus for the rest of the semester, but I will qualify that in a minute. Those of you who are going home, I will ask you and challenge you to make sure you listen to those chapels. You are in the word and you are praying because if you do not feed yourself, if you do not seek the Lord, you will not be ready to do the very thing Sister Sylvia prophesied today. Chapels will not be mandatory, but if you choose not to come because you feel your system is compromised or you feel unsafe, that's fine. Like Pastor Mike said again, no judgment. However, make sure you also take care of your spiritual being. We are going to reassess at the end of the month. We are going to give it two weeks. We are going to closely monitor the situation. If any one of you would be diagnosed or us would be diagnosed with COVID-19, I feel we have no chance, no, ch no other option but to close the campus. But for now, I do believe and I do feel a confirmation in my spirit 
that this is the right course of action. And I'm asking you to continue to pray, seek the Lord, put him first in your life, and fight the battle, because the battle is not here. It is in the heavenly. So therefore, today is a very special day. As Brother Stacy often says, we might never gather in the same group together. Now, we, he usually says it at the end of the semester, and I say it today. We don't know if some of you might choose to come back or not if you leave this week. You don't have to. I will maintain the online classes till the end of the semester. Some of you will travel far, and therefore we will not change. We don't know if you are going to see some of you. And so this might be your last opportunity to be prayed for, to be prayed with. And that's the option that I would like to give you. As for commencement, we will also review the situation. We'll be watching it. We'll be watching the trends. And we'll be making a decision about commencement at the end of the month, beginning of April. And we will inform you then. At this point, it's a little premature to make the decision. There are possibilities, if the situation gets worse, that I will be standing here and changing it, just like I am from Thursday. So therefore, this is not set in stone. This is fluid. Let's keep praying. Let's keep asking God to protect us. Let's do our due diligence. And let's stand together. You are not alone. I do look at you as my family. And that was one of the considerations I had to ask myself yesterday. If that was my child and I was at risk, would I go somewhere else or would I send them away? And I said, no, absolutely not. And so this is the heart that we come to you with. I don't want to expose you more than you need to be. I don't want you to go to a place that you feel is more dangerous. And most of all, if you don't have a place to go, I don't want you to feel like you're abandoned and an orphan. I want you to feel the love of this family because we are a family. Right now, I'm going to open the altar for prayer. And I will ask all the staff and faculty, all the leaders, Sister Sylvia, to come forward and pray for you if you feel you need prayer. Whether you are going to leave campus, whether you are struggling with something, whether you have fear, anything it is. If you feel you need prayer, this is an opportunity for you right now. Brother Dick, if you would sit at the piano and also help us and lead us, I would ask to make that available right now. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Uh, staff, come on up. If you uh, feel free to join with us.
And if you're here today and uh, feel a need for prayer, you'd like just a moment of prayer with, uh, with someone, these, that's why these folks are standing here today. And I just want to invite you out of your seat to just come ahead. Maybe you know you're going to leave and you just say, well, I'd just like to be prayed for before I go. Or maybe, maybe you're struggling with one thing or another. Just come ahead right now. And uh, I'll invite you to do that. And right now I'm going to pray because uh, we have people who are in their rooms right now that are sick. And they're going to be listening to this today. And others who are in uh, situations that have kept them from being at this meeting, even though I knew it was very important. And so I'm just going to pray for them right now as you come ahead, anybody who would like to come for prayer. Uh, Lord, right now we just join our hearts for those who are in their rooms right at this very moment. I'm praying a prayer right now of your healing, your restoration, your strengthening, Lord, that you will come to them and, and touch them and strengthen them and enable them, Lord, right now in the midst of their difficulty, in the midst of their situation. I pray for those people that are here with us that are in the valley of decision right now. They don't know, am I supposed to stay or am I supposed to go? They're just not sure yet what the right thing to do is. Lord, we ask you to guide them in their moment of decision right now. We ask you to guide them, Lord Jesus. Help them to make sound decisions in these next couple of days. Um, uh, help them to get the counsel of parents and the counsel of, uh, of pastors and, and make the, what will be for them the wise decision that they need to make in the midst of their situation. Lord, we pray for our food service people who are going to be preparing meals for us all throughout this time as long as we're able to stay open. We ask you to protect them and to preserve them. We ask you to put a shield around them, Lord. Um, just uh, protect them in the midst of their very special ministry to us and, and helping us in, in, in these situations, Lord. We're just trusting you right now, God. We're trusting you right now, God, in all of these circumstances, in all of these situations. We thank you for it, Lord Jesus. Our eyes are on you. Our trust is in you. Lord, we ask you to, preser pr pr uh, to protect vulnerable people among us, people with underlying conditions that would make them very vulnerable to this virus in particular, underlying health conditions. Lord, we ask you to protect the vulnerable, Lord, that are on this campus right now. Just protect them. People I'm talking about, I'm thinking of our tenants. I'm thinking of our staff. I'm thinking of our, of, of our students that have compromised immune systems for one reason or another. I just, I just ask for your protection, Lord, your shield, your umbrella that you would put over us, Lord, in the midst of this situation. Our eyes are on you, Lord. Our trust is in you. Our confidence is in you, Lord Jesus. Our confidence is in you. Lord, I also want to thank you right now for the health that I feel. I thank you for the health of all of those of us that are here, that we can look at one another and go, wow, in the midst of this storm, this flu season, in the midst of all this difficulty, uh, we've been preserved and we're, we feel health right now. Lord, we just thank you for that divine health, Lord. We recognize that it's not just rooted in us. It's not rooted in our youth. It's not rooted in 
in any of those things. It's rooted in you, Lord. Our trust is in you. Our confidence in you. Our hope is in you. You are our healer, Lord. You are our strength. You are our strong tower. You are our fortress. You are our deliverer. deliverer. You are our shield, Lord. You are the weapon that holds all evil away from us, Lord. We thank you for it. We thank you for that strength, that supernatural strength that comes to us, Lord, right now. And we just ask you to preserve us in the midst of this. Preserve us in the midst of this, Lord. Our eyes are on you. Our eyes are on you. Lord, if there's anything we need to repent of, if we've had kind of a, maybe a, a kind of a, you know, lazy attitude about this whole thing, and we've just kind of thought, oh, people are just being crazy, or, or, or I'm not going to get caught up in it, or whatever, Lord. Lord, we just repent right now, and we take up our responsibility, Lord, for ourselves and to do what we can to help our fellow man, Lord. We, 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 we repent of this thing. We take it seriously, Lord. We take it seriously because they take it seriously, Lord. And we want to be a source of strength and hope in the midst of the storm. We thank you for it, Lord. Our eyes are on you. Our trust is in you. Our confidence is in you. Our hope is in you. You are the power behind our lives, Lord. We look to you. We look to you. We look to you. Lord, we just ask that you will help us through all the technical things that are going to have to happen this week to get the whole Zoom thing set up and, and enable us to do that kind of stuff. We ask for, for help in that whole area that you will just administrate it all and help us organize it all and put it all together in a, in a, in a powerful way. We thank you for it, Lord. We thank you for it. We thank you for it. Lord, we ask you that in our, our different events that uh, so many things are going to be canceled, but our chapels will still be happening. And we ask you, Lord, to keep us in, the, in these chapels. Give us, Lord, we ask for anointed words. I just, I just contacted all of the speakers that we had and told them we can't have any outside speakers. But, Lord, that doesn't limit your anointing. And so we just ask you right now to help us to have anointed times in the word. Lord, we thank you. It's interesting, in our worship week, we kept hearing over and over again, it's not the music that makes worship happen. And, and now you're stripping us down so that we'll have just one instrument. Every, every, every time we're gathered together, we'll just have just one instrument, Lord. And we just recognize that we're going to worship you, Lord, in the midst of this. That you were, you were trying to send us a signal. You were trying to let us know that you would be with us and, and minister in us and through us, even, even with this kind of limitation in front of us. We thank you for it, Lord Jesus. We thank you for it. Sure. I just want to affirm something that while we were in the prophetic ministry on Friday, and I did speak this uh, gently to Pastor Mike afterward, but, uh, it, but in a certain moment, the Lord just showed me a bubble around the campus, and I heard the word clustered, together, but under that covering. And, uh, and all weekend, I've been praying uh, with a sense that we, need, we will be cloistered 
and clustered together, but under a protection. It was like a bubble. This happened to me Friday while we were here. And the other thing is the Lord has reminded me of the importance of the Bible College of Wales during crises times, World War II, etc. And the Bible College of Wales was a center under, under Brother Reese Howells for intercession that literally turned the course of battles as God would speak to them prophetically and they would intercede. And so my sense has been throughout this time that while we're getting everything settled of how, how we're going to be protected, we're caring for what decisions we need to make for ourselves, the Lord's going to turn this outward where this becomes a prayer center, a battle, it, it, not, not just not a battleground, but um, what is it when the officers are, are all hidden, a war room, um, what's it called? Yeah, um, where God will actually begin, yes, there you are, where, where God actually engages us in the battle, though we are, though we are clustered, we are cloistered, and, uh, and, and God's going to teach us about intercession, etc., I'm, I'm glad, you know what, Brother Mike, uh, Sister Danuta was talking about her plane. I, I, had, uh, I had several things on the calendar for the next two months that just plain canceled before any of this. And I've been looking at my calendar and saying, Lord, what's wrong? And I was going to be here and there and there. I'm stuck. I have to stay in Lima right now. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm grateful. Thank you for letting me share. Thanks, Church. Amen. Amen.